0: Hey there, Patty. here. I wanted to let you know we are in a short hibernation period in the Space for Magic podcast. What does that mean? It means that we are not producing new episodes at the moment and we are going to serve you up our favorite pre-recorded episodes while we take this pause. This pause is here to give me a space to understand where the podcast is going in the future. We will be back in 2023. And for now, enjoy this episode.
1: Hey there, welcome to this episode of the Space for Magic podcast. I'm your host, Patty Lennon, and I'm so excited today to share with you a bit about what it means to step onto the path of creating space for magic. Now, we've had so many listeners join us here that I wanted to share a bit about what this journey has looked like, give you a little background about me and how I got here, and also what is possible for you if you truly want to bring a bigger desire into the world, bring a bigger sense of purpose, maybe have more fun. I have walked that journey. I've helped others walk that journey, and I'm telling you, if there is a desire in your heart, it is absolutely possible to bring that desire to light. And this comes from me, a former type A corporate banker. That's right. There was a time in my life where I was running a large division, managing people, VP of product development after being a VP of operations, having spent years in sales and loving all of it but then eventually coming to where I am now with a master's in psychology, a certified coach, and having been featured in many, many, many publications in Forbes and Daily Worth, lots of different places. And of course, none of those credentials matter as much, I hope to you as the one I think really will tell you that I understand the journey you're on. And that is the fact that I have lost my parents. I have dealt with huge amounts of debt. I have struggled as a mom before and probably navigated many of the challenges that you may be facing right now. And even in the face of those challenges, what I have found is that the divine has always been by my side. However, letting the divine help me has not always been a skill I have had. And my darkest moments, my biggest challenges have unlocked for me the truth about what it means to be loved and supported by the divine. And this essentially is creating space for magic. This is what it means is, you know, whether you use the word the divine or God or source or universe or some other word that's more personal to you, it's this body of love that birthed all of us onto the earth. That that source that I call a divine loves us deeply and unconditionally and wants the best for us. And when a desire is born in our hearts, it is born near with the promise that it can be fulfilled, meaning there's nothing that you can desire from your truth, meaning from your heart, from your soul that cannot be brought to fulfillment. If you understand how to let in the help to get you there. And so as a former type A, I understand what it feels like to feel like it's all you to feel like if something's going to happen, it's going to happen because you make it happen. But there is another way. And that's what I want to share today. So we're just wrapping up the edits and getting the publishing ready for my brand new book, Make Space for Magic, which will be out in October. And I've had a lot of time to reflect on what this journey has been because much of it has been captured in the book. And Make Space for Magic is both story and tools. So my goal is to not just show you what to do or how to do it, but also show you what it looked like when I was in the weeds of all of it. And also some of my clients, how their lives have changed and what those before and afters look like. And the reason is that I find we can be given tools, at least this is the case for me, and tools will work to a certain extent. But if you believe that something is uniquely missing inside you, that somehow you're deficient in some way, it can really impede your ability to use those tools. And that's, you know, my type a always went to, am I enough to do X, Y, and Z? What I've since learned is we're always enough. We're more than enough. And story is usually the place where we learn that. Because when we can see that in someone else's journey that they had the same lows that we had and that those lows weren't indicative of failure, it's a lot easier to succeed because we realize we're not alone on the journey. And when we feel not alone, that's when we really can fly. So as I said, years ago, I was a corporate banker. And one day I was interacting with a coworker and talking about with her, she had a deep faith and saying, you know what, how do you know that you're doing what God wants you to do? And that us pushing papers is sufficient. And she said, the thing that really, if I'm going to look at one point in my life, changed the trajectory of everything was this conversation. And she said, how do you know that God didn't put you exactly where you are to be the change that you are being? And I had no idea what she meant. I was in my late 20s. I didn't think I made a difference in the world, quite honestly. I think I was always just looking for the next promotion, the next level of success, not even for ego gratification, just to feel rest assured that I was doing enough, that I was succeeding enough to have been enough of a human, if that even makes sense. So I asked her to explain what she meant to me. And she told me that when I'm in a conference room or a meeting, that people are naturally nicer to each other that they're kinder to each other, that they behave themselves. <laughs> and I thought that was so fascinating because it wasn't something I was self-aware enough to know. I don't think I even had the maturity to understand that that's a thing that one person can do for another. And when she opened my eyes to that being possibly true, because I was a 100% confident yeah, Back then I really liked a lot of proof, I started to observe and notice, you know, was this the case? And as I was able to drink in what she shared with me and absorb that maybe it was true, it refocused my attention from going after more career success to being a more successful partner, colleague, manager. And I started to really dedicate myself towards mentoring the other people in my company that I saw struggling. And when I say struggling, I don't mean necessarily with their careers. It's just they didn't seem to understand that everyone had the potential to advance in the company or to have a job within the company or a project in the company that they liked. And I started to really explain how to go about doing that things that had come naturally to me, mostly because I was such a people pleaser <laughs> and so in love with helping others, even back then, even my type A, I just, I just always want the people around me to be happy. And so I was always looking for ways to do that. And that just naturally led to success. And as I mentored more and more people, I found that this was really where I wanted to spend all my time. And I originally thought I could do that within the bank. But at the same time that I was having this self-awareness or this opening, the banking industry started to fail. And I was in the process of getting a master's in psychology. So I decided to head out on my own. At the same time, the coaching world started to really be something that everyone was aware of. So during this transition time, it went from being something no one had heard of to something suddenly everyone was talking about. And I pursued a coaching certification. So that was the trajectory that gave me a very different career. But there was a point in time after that initial conversation with my coworker, that I also had an opening to understanding that there was more possible in my life. And I wasn't, I wasn't going after it. And that was, A period where my children were very young, my son was two, and my daughter was just a baby. And I was always busy at work, mostly because I still was keeping my career going and, you know, trying to be the star on the team while being a mom, which is not always an equation that works. And also looking to mentor as many people as I could. And I was stretched pretty thin. And so I was sitting with my daughter in my arms one night and rocking her. And this was my moment of Zen. Back then, I didn't meditate. I didn't even know what meditation was. And, or I guess I knew what it was, but I didn't do it. And I didn't think it was for me. And, but this was my moment at night where I just had a slow and peaceful moment each day to just be. And so I was rocking my baby girl to sleep all of a sudden she jerked. And that was very unusual. She was a very calm, peaceful baby. But within moments, she settled down. And so I continued to rock her. And then another moment later, she jerked again. And as I studied her face and studied her to see if she was in pain or what was wrong, I noticed there was a drop of water on her face. And I looked up, Expecting the ceiling to be leaking because where would this water have come from? But there was no leak in the ceiling. And in that moment, I realized that the water on her face was actually my tears and that I was crying. In that moment, I understood that there was pain inside of me that I did not have any access to, that I wasn't even aware of. And suddenly the truth of that came rushing in. And underneath that, I found that I was incredibly unhappy. That despite having all of these gifts and wonderful aspects of life, things that most people desire healthy children, a husband, home, a wonderful career, a boss who was so flexible, also, by the way, cars, just, I mean, so much that even in the midst of that, that I was unhappy, deeply unhappy. And as soon as I realized that, my immediate thought went to, my God, you deserve so much better. Not me deserve so much better. My daughter deserves so much better. How could I have this beautiful child and this life and not be happy? I mean, who does that? Who feels that way? That's what I thought in that moment. And just as I had that thought, an energy swooped into the room, and I had never experienced energy before, (laughs) not in this way anyway. And there was a voice in my head, and it said, Then become the mother she deserves. Now, as my intuitive gifts have grown over the years, I can tell you they have come to know who that voice is, and that was my grandmother. Always the practical one, (laughs) always the one with very few words, but what they, what she did say mattered. And at the time she wasn't telling me to be better. She wasn't telling me to figure my stuff out and get grateful. What she was telling me was to figure out how to become happy. Because what I've learned since then is, and I'm sure she understood that then, (laughs) is that our children feel what we feel and no matter of external success or good mothering or anything else trumps being at home and at peace in your body when it comes to showing our children how to grow up healthy and happy and over the years I have walked that journey and I have found my way to that happiness, but I can tell you it's not been a straight line. And to me, finding space for magic and making the space for magic has been the key to getting where I am, especially navigating those darker times. I'd like to say that in that moment of awareness that I snapped out of it and figured it all out, but it was a slow process. The first thing I realized was that my expectations of myself were way off base. I couldn't continue to be the star employee who had all the hours to give when I no longer wanted or had the ability to give all the hours anymore. And I had a manager that was fine with that. He understood it. Very forward thinking individual. He knew that family mattered and he was making space for that. I just wasn't making space for that. And that everything that every other mother did didn't necessarily have to be what I did. And as I started to really get in touch with what felt right for me and what felt authentic for me, things got easier much more quickly. And it was during that time that I was given the gift of an acquisition in the bank. And why that was such a gift was that I received a severance package opportunity. So I had the option to stay or go. And that severance package gave me the financial security to leave and head out on my own. I wish that was the happy ending to the story. And if we were a movie, that is where we would leave the story, but that's not what happened. (laughs) I, like most entrepreneurs, started out and stumbled (laughs) a lot. And, but I had the security of having a husband with a good job. And so at first, it was two steps forward, six steps back, five steps forward, one step back, and we seemed to be making progress. And as I started to hit my stride in my business, what happened was that my mother was diagnosed with cancer. And I became her primary caretaker, and it it took up quite a bit of time. And Soon after, my husband was let go and he was out of work for two years. So we had a combined storm of having young children at home, having a mother that needed me a lot, having a husband that was struggling with the fact that to no fault of his own, just you know, an industry slowdown, he was out of work and struggling to find work. And we had a significant drop in income to the point that we eventually went through our savings and started to accumulate debt and it grew. And eventually, my mother became terminal, and she did cross as a result of her cancer. And that was an incredibly painful time. And as I was going through that process with her, what I found was that I kept trying to willpower her to life. I wouldn't have been able to tell you that at the time, but I was so busy trying to just use my own energy to create life inside of her that I was completely exhausted and depleted. And I tell you that only because you may be in that situation. And I will tell you that if I could go back in time, what I would say to that earlier version of myself and what I say to you now is, you have to make space to allow what's happening to happen. You cannot control another human's journey on this planet. There is only so much your willpower can do. And eventually, towards the end of my mother's life, I started to understand that. In fact, I was an overgiver by nature, and I had learned that tendency from her. But towards the end of her life, she really started to understand that she had to take help. I mean, there was really no choice, but in the help, but there was a choice in the emotion in it. And she learned to receive that help at the very end with love and grace and dignity. And as she showed me what that looked like, I started to get it. It was only in the last couple of weeks of her life that it really started to sink in. But on the other side of her crossing, I really felt that there was something else possible for me. Part of it was that the grief was so big inside of me that I didn't have a choice but to slow down. And part of it was that something had fundamentally shifted in me. I started to understand that there is true value in receiving, not just for the receiver, but for the giver. Because my mom, who had struggled for so long to receive my help, When she started to do it with ease, it just made it so much more beautiful for me. And I realized then the reverse had to be true. And not just from other humans around me, but from the divine. The divine who I knew loved me more than any other human had the capacity to to love me. It was that experience that first planted the seeds of what I call the receiving method, which is what I Base most of what I do on. It's the actual how you create space for magic. And it's essentially learning to receive. Now, I didn't get perfect at it immediately. In fact, a few months later, I was walking in the cemetery near my mom's grave. I would go there almost every day just to feel close to her. And one day I was walking and I was talking to whoever would listen my angels, God, my spirit guides. And I was angry because now I started to understand, okay, I get it, I'm supposed to receive, but here we are with all this debt. By that point, my husband had started working, but our debt was in excess of six figures. And I had no clarity on how we were ever going to exit that debt. It just felt like such an overwhelming number. And I was pissed because here I was, someone that had, done all the right things. I had followed what I felt was my gifts into the world and done what I thought was, quote unquote, God's work by heading out and putting my time and energy into this business. And my husband, who had been a good man and always a good employee, was out of work for two years. And yes, he was back at work, but it wasn't because he was lazy. And then There I was, and I had given so much of my time and my energy to my mother, and she had passed, and I understood that there was a purpose to that, and there was timing to it, but then here I was, left grief-stricken with this business that I was still struggling to catch wind with because I'd never been able to consistently focus on it because of all the other things going on, and now I had this debt, and I thought, you know what? divine, why haven't you taken this debt off my hands? Why am I stuck with this? It really pissed me off. And that is when I got the next piece of the puzzle. The next piece of the puzzle of understanding how to make space for magic and really understanding what I now call the receiving method. And that was, once I said that, the angels responded. My exact words were, you know, what did I do wrong to deserve this? And they said, you didn't do anything wrong. Debt isn't punishment. Debt is simply the symptom of having given more than you have to give. That one hit me between the eyes because I felt the truth of it the moment I heard it. And that started me on a different journey with my debt. If Debt was simply a symptom of me having given more than I had to give, which honestly, probably was very true. I mean, it definitely was true. But in the moment, even then, in the midst of everything, I could understand its truth. Then I didn't have to be ashamed. And I realized that's what had been blocking me from moving forward. That's where the anger was coming from, was that I was ashamed. This was not me. I had been successful most of my life. I had had a well-paid career. I had never had challenges with debt before. And yet the debt came from circumstances that I believed were outside my control. But I could look back and see that a big piece of the puzzle was that I was always giving more than I had to give. And without the shame hanging over my head, I started to face the debt head on. And we've talked about that here on the podcast before about what that journey looked like. And eventually we did pay off all the debt, I'm happy to say. But a big piece of the puzzle was facing it. And what was necessary to face it was for me to love myself, even with it, and to understand it wasn't an enemy and it wasn't a punishment for having done something wrong. And so as I was able to move forward with that new understanding, opportunities and awarenesses came to me, miracles came to me, an ability to pay that debt off came to me in ways I hadn't conceived before. Because all of a sudden now, I was focused on, okay, then how do I start to balance this equation? How do I learn to receive more money? How do I learn to just receive more help? And I won't get into the details of that particular story now, But you can find it here in the podcast. But what I can tell you is that that situation more than any other situation showed me that so oftentimes when we're in resistance to what's wrong, we keep trying to push it away. And this resistance is the opposite of receiving. That we try and not look at something. We try and not see it. That is actually the energy that blocks the answers from coming to us. That's the energy that blocks the space for magic. And it's simply accepting what's happening. That's the first step to opening up that space for magic. So after that point, things got considerably better and better and better over the years. And for the seven years following my mom's passing, my business took off and my husband's career was rebuilt and my kids got older and things just started to fall into place. And the final piece of the puzzle to understanding the receiving method I now teach and the methodology for creating space for magic came when my father passed away suddenly. Luckily, because I had had the opportunity to be in such close contact with my mother I appreciated how precious that time was. And my parents both did live close to me. So as the years moved on past when my mom crossed over, I did put time and attention into my relationship with my father. And I treasured every single year. When he passed, it certainly broke my heart. And I miss him every day. But I went into that particular grief experience a different person with different wisdom I understood that grief is a process and I knew it wouldn't move quickly. I also understood that over the years, I learned how to open up to the other side of the veil to talk to my loved ones, especially my mom. And I knew I could do that with my father. And so when he crossed, I was able to put my business aside to slow it down and focus on my relationship with him, building that on the other side of the veil. And I opened myself up so that I could receive messages from him. And the most fascinating thing happened in that year. Despite the fact that I was putting almost no focus on my business and the fact that I was putting most of my energy into grieving and allowing myself to grieve and opening to him, everything started to shift. My business was making money with much less effort than it ever had been before. Easily, things that I supposedly thought I had to do big marketing launches weren't necessary. I do do launches still, and I actually do them for fun now, but I used to think they were necessary. I found that just wasn't the case because when you open yourself up to receiving clients, they come in. I also found that the people around me learned to support me in ways they never had because I was able to show them what I needed because I understood it and I could ask for what I need and also allow it in without guilt. And as that year went on, what I started to see was one choice which was to receive messages from my from the other side of the veil from my father shifted every other part of my life. And that's when the final piece of the puzzle came together in that prior to that, I thought receiving was individuated, meaning when you lower resistance to money, you're able to receive more money. When you lower resistance to love, you receive more love. And it's this very focused activity. But what I started to see is, no, resistance is this field that exists around us. And when we lower it and we are in receiving energy, we can receive all things. All of the pieces of the puzzle start to click into place for me when I start to understand that. And I became passionate about teaching it because I felt like I had unlocked the secret to universal truth, some universal wisdom that I thought was going to be a game changer for everyone. And I wanted to shout it from the rooftops. But I also had a business that I fundamentally believed in, which was based in primarily business coaching, business coaching with a spiritual edge, but business coaching nonetheless. And at the end of that year of my father's passing, my spirit guides told me that the time for me to focus on business coaching had come to an end and that going forward, this would be my work teaching people the receiving method would be my work and that I would open the receiving school, which I did. And so here we are a couple of years later and the receiving school is alive and flourishing. And we have had so many people come through our doors that have felt life-changing experiences happen And not just that the experience have happened, but that they understand what it takes to create those experiences, which is how to make space for magic. So as I start to see all of this happening around me and all of the goodness that can happen when we understand this one fundamental truth, that when we let our guard down, when we allow ourselves to receive, and when we make space for this kind of magic, that we can have what we desire. And that things can get easier. Now they're not a straight line easier. Not everything's going to get better instantly. But even in those dark moments, to know that there is a force that can help us—that is what makes even the darkness easy or easier. So I knew I wanted to share this through a book. And originally, my thought was that I would put a memoir out. And the, my reasoning was that. A memoir would help you, the reader, really know the story, the details of the story that I could describe to you what it was like to be laying on the couch when we found out that my mom's cancer was back after what we thought was a remission, sobbing, drinking wine directly from the bottle, being at such a low, <laughs> that, you know, it would take pages to really bring it to life for you. And then I could do that in this memoir because it's when we know that someone has experienced our lows. And when you feel that I have been where you are, that's what gives you hope to believe that where I got to is a place you can get to as well. And I have always learned through story and I had wanted to bring that to others. And so I started out with our publisher and my book coach Azul and we got down to business, and the book was written. And I finished the manuscript in late April of 2021, which was right when we were starting to understand that this pandemic was a thing that wasn't going away. And we started to understand that, you know, the world was changing, and it was going to be changing in ways we could not wrap our heads around. By that point, my children were teenagers, and they were learning from home, and I saw their friends were already struggling with mental health issues, and they had no idea what was in store for my kids. And as I looked over the pages of the memoir, I realized there were stories in there I just didn't want my children exposed to yet. It wasn't that I had lied to them about any of it. It wasn't that they wouldn't have known that things had happened, but to really be exposed to the depths of despair I had experienced while they were alive, it just felt like it wasn't a mix that was going to work. And so I really reconsidered the memoir. And at the same time, as I was considering the memoir for that reason, I noticed how many more people were coming to the Facebook Lives I was doing, where I was telling, I share stories that were in the memoir. I was doing free trainings to help people through the pandemic and more and more what I was seeing were people wanted to know, but how, but how, but how did you get through this? How did you get through the death of your mom? How did you get through the death? How did you build this marriage that you're so proud of, you know, with this man over 20 years when you struggled through so many, you know, dips and challenges and the memoir didn't include the how. It was missing that piece. And so I stepped away from the book for a few months and then reengaged it with my coach and friend, Azul, and we relooked at it. And I saw that within the memoir, there were stories that absolutely built the framework for a different kind of book, a nonfiction book, a book that could answer the question how. And also give me the flexibility to take out some of the stories that I didn't want the children to read yet. And so now, here we are. The book is almost ready, and I'm so excited to put it out into the world. There's so much that I'm proud of that's inside of it. It's um, you know, it answers so many of those questions, how? But the piece that I think it gives that was in my heart from the very first day was that, it gives you, the reader, the chance to see what that journey looked like from the inside, not just for me, but actually for other people. So you don't just have access to my story. You have the access to many clients who have gone through the receiving school that so courageously let me share their stories, the stories of deep lows, and then the highs that came after it. What's interesting about what this book eventually became is that it's so much better than the one I had dreamed up. It includes so much more than what my human mind was able to originally conceive of when I thought of the project. And it became that precisely because of challenges. The challenge of having my two children potentially entering a crisis. The challenge of the pandemic putting all of us into our own form of struggle and change. And that to me is the most beautiful part of my own journey. And what I hope I've conveyed well in this book is that in your most difficult time, if you can just trust that there is a divine being working on your behalf, if you can just give it a bit more time, if you can create the space for magic in those low points, I promise you something better than what you originally envisioned is possible. Now, if I could go back in time and bring my mother back to life or bring my father back to life, would I do it? Yes. <laughs> but the reality is that that was their time to cross, right? And so, Although what I envisioned for them was them with me for as many years as possible, I know I got many of those years. And what I got through my faith and through making space for magic were all of these beautiful gifts. And that came with the help of the divine. And probably shouldering that debt was the hardest thing I've walked through that seems optional. <laughs> The death of my parents was going to happen eventually, but that debt, it could go back to choices, right? But so much better has come from me having walked through that debt. Because now, prior to that debt, I didn't have challenges with money. I didn't even know what that felt like at the cellular level. But now, so many people have come through the receiving score, come to the receiving method, have... Debt challenges, or have fears associated with lack, or fears associated with health, which ties very closely to the same feeling states. And now I know what that feels like. Now I can give them actual step by step instructions of what to do in those moments of deep fear and overwhelm and paralysis. And if I hadn't walked through that particular storm, I'm not sure that I would have known that also if I hadn't had such an overwhelming number of debt, I don't know that I could have believed as deeply as I do in the magic that can help us. So as I get ready to launch this book in the world, I'm just so excited to bring it to you and bring its message to a bigger part of the world And one of the steps we're taking to open up more space for this conversation is a brand new community that we're opening. It starts August 1st. It's called the Magic Lounge. And that piece of the puzzle is a space where we can all have these conversations of Honesty and authenticity where people can bring all the parts of themselves and get the tools they need to create space for magic on a week by week basis. The receiving school runs twice a year, but the magic lounge will be open all year round. And I'm so excited about that. You can certainly check that out at pattylennon.com forward slash magic lounge. And as soon as the book is available for pre-sale, we will announce it here first. So thank you so much for joining me on this journey. I'm so excited for what's coming next. Have a beautiful day.
0: Hey, thanks for listening. If you know someone who needs to hear this message, please share this episode with them.